0: Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got an interesting topic to talk about today. There's a recent report from the Anderson Economic Group, and it's called the Impact of the Electric Vehicle Adoption on Road Funding in Michigan. And it was prepared by Tyler Thiel, who's the director of public policy and economic analysis, along with Christina Benton. But it was fascinating. And I think you'll enjoy the conversation that we have with Tyler. Tyler, how are you?
1: Good. Thank you. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well. So tell us about this report. Where did you get the idea? And tell us a little bit about what went into it as you put it together.
1: Certainly. Well, if we go way back to the beginning, you know, Patrick Anderson, our founder and CEO, he had a particular interest in electric vehicles and decided to become an electric vehicle driver and put out some fueling cost analysis on that. County Road Association was realizing over a year ago that they were experiencing funding deficit due to this. They were kind of early to realize that most people had not realized the impact that electric vehicle adoption was having on road funding. So when we started this work, like I said, over a year ago, the goal was to analyze the fleet of current vehicles on the road, as well as the penetration of electric vehicles being purchased and added into the fleet, and how much lack of paying sales and excise tax on fuel was starting to compound in road funding.
0: And what I found, because that got me to thinking, well, if you can't get the gas tax, they haven't come up with a formula to tax the electric part of that. I know they're working through that, but I wonder what kind of impact, how many vehicles we had on the road, how they impact the wear and tear of it. I started thinking about that because I guess initially you don't.
1: Right. So in 2021, the portion of the fleet that was represented by electric vehicles is about 2%, 1.9%. And based on the registration fees that they pay, and then the lack of paying sales and excise taxes for fuel, we had already racked up just from 2019 to 2021 in Michigan, a $50 million additional deficit to our road funding budgets from EV transition. You we know what, did not do a separate assessment on wear and tear on the roads, but certainly the vehicles are heavier and only on two axes. So that is something that will need to be considered.
0: And as you mentioned in the report, historically, you get you know taxes from this. It's done efficiently and fairly but when you think about the battery that electric vehicles contain they don't pay any federal state or local taxes so what do you think can be done about that
1: well as far as policy options it's on the whole i would like to see policy implemented that's fair and equitable that is linked to road usage in some you know consumer controlled way and accounts for the weight of the vehicles more accurately. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's talk a little bit about some of the few key findings you found. I thought the one was pretty interesting about the typical ICE vehicle driver in Michigan. What do they normally pay in taxes?
1: Certainly. So this was based on careful analysis of looking at the fleet of vehicles that are actually on the road, getting the fuel economy for the top 100 or so of those and then creating bans that equated to what consumers are actually doing on the roads. And so we looked at the average ICE vehicle within these most driven vehicles, and they're paying about $150 on average in registration fees, about $152 a year in Michigan excise taxes, and then contributing $100 a year to the federal highway fund. So that's about $402 a year. Whereas we look at, you know, not plug-in hybrid vehicles or hybrid electric vehicles, just the battery electric vehicles, they are paying on average about eight more dollars in registration that added registration fee for just electric vehicles than their normal registration fee of 140, and then nothing in the excise taxes. So we average out at about 298 dollars. So only across that band of vehicles. Only in one year, we're already seeing over a $100 deficit per vehicle.
0: We're talking with Tyler Thiel, who is the Director of Public Policy and Economic Analysis. She helped put together this great report for the Anderson Economic Group titled The Impact of the Electric Vehicle Adoption on Road Funding in Michigan. And basically... If you drive an electric vehicle, you're not paying as much in taxes as a car that is powered by gasoline, if you will. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly, and this is the Michigan Business Network. Looking for high-quality office furniture on a budget? Stop by the office outlet at 516 North Larch in downtown Lansing for huge savings. We've got new and used office furniture from brand-name manufacturers, all at discounted prices. Browse through 5,000 square feet and save on seating, desks, files, storage, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. The office furniture outlet is your destination for office furniture on a budget. Visit us online at officeoutletyes.com. This is Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Tyler Thiel from the Anderson Economic Group about a great report on the disparities, the differences that you pay in taxes if you own an electric vehicle as opposed to a gas powered vehicle. And Tyler, I wanted to ask you, what did we see in battery electric vehicle sold, say, in the second quarter of 2022? And what do you project maybe for this year and looking into the future as far as 2030?
1: Certainly. Well, we know that there are government and OEM goals for vehicle consumer penetration that are quite aspirational. For the purpose of our analysis, we considered some conservative scenarios of maybe we'd have 15% consumer buy-in, just a new vehicle sold by 2030. We also looked at a scenario of 25%. So our analyses are based in a little bit more conservative lens of vehicles on the road. At this point, we're seeing, I think it's maybe 6%. And we'll see that grow if the vehicles become available for consumers to purchase.
0: Tyler, this got me to thinking a little bit about what we know about trucks and driving here in the state of Michigan. There's always been conversations about increasing the taxes for the big trucks to drive on our roads because from what I understand, in the Midwest, we have some of the cheapest rates when it comes to the fees trucks pay. When we talk about a conservative transition scenario, what kind of annual revenue Are we looking at transition to EVs?
1: When we look out, even just at 15%, we could start to see a deficit of at least 65 million a year, more likely is up toward 90 million a year. Separately on the heavy trucks, so our analysis doesn't look at that, but just from what I know about the trucking industry as compared to our analyses, the tariff system and the Weight on axle distribution for heavy trucks is just a little bit different with cars, and it's very heavily regulated in the trucking system. And so if Michigan were to change something, it does kind of need to follow with the network so that our Michigan movers and shippers and truckers can still be competitive. If we increase our tariffs and make ourselves an outlier then our local moving and trucking companies just wouldn't be able to compete in the Midwest.
0: Tyler, one of the key points that really stuck out to me, and I quote, you wrote, we cannot afford to have 25% of drivers avoiding road taxes to be borne by other drivers. What happens if we fail to make policy changes soon?
1: Right. So for example, the numbers I gave you about the $104 discrepancy, those are on average the most driven vehicles. I don't know if I should admit or not, you know, I drive a heavy Chevy Traverse and so my cost especially since I drive a lot is probably upwards of $500 a year. If you compare that to my neighbor who has, you know, adjusted their lifestyle, they want to have a lower footprint in the environment. They're driving a small Volt for their commute and adjusting to have as little cost as possible the discrepancy between the two of us is probably much greater than the $100. So the more we avoid taxation on certain drivers, the more others have to make up for that. If we don't make up for it, if we don't put in policy change, Our road funding deficit is just going to continue to compound, and we know we've already been struggling with that for decades, even though our fuel sales were pretty fair.
0: And Tyler, the report says you don't recommend any specific policy, but something needs to be done for us to recapture that revenue, correct?
1: Right. The purpose of the report wasn't necessarily to recommend any specific policy, but we do identify those that are most likely feasible sort of categories of policies where we've seen other states. Do pilot studies and there seems to be some type of mileage-based user fee, some type of per kilowatt hour fee, some type of appropriate registration fee. We'll have to have a combination of sound policies to get at funding our roads properly in the future.
0: What surprised you the most? what did you learn that you found the most interesting or surprising?
1: Probably the extent to which this deficit is compounding and how fast it's moving versus what we have in place to deal with it. We really need to get a pilot program in place. We really need some sound analysis to come up with a full road funding budget that's reasonable so that we're not just constantly patching the potholes. And, you know, MDOT, they seem to have a great team of analysts. They're doing some really good work on this, but they're kind of digging out of a hole because of Michigan's reputation on this. So there's a lot to be done.
0: Tyler, how do you think we in the media do at covering the story, stories like this, and how can we be better?
1: You know, it's challenging for the media because, especially road funding taxation with this huge transition, it's really challenging. And I think it can be, in some ways, a little too complex for the average listener to understand. And so you don't want to bore your audience. I totally get it. But in this report, we've tried to break things down simply and provide clear findings so that hopefully we're contributing to the public discourse and making your job a little bit easier. But I think on the whole, in the media, there just needs to be more awareness about this. Electricity to fuel your electric vehicle is not free. We're gonna have to pay for it.
0: All right, Tyler, I'd be remiss before I let you go if I didn't ask you what we could look forward to seeing economy-wise here in the state of Michigan. And I know that's a broad-based question, But as we get into the early parts of 2023, what do you think?
1: Well, it looks like we're headed for a little bit more of a recession than we're in now. Things may get worse before they get better. And I think a main goal for 2023 that I'm hearing from several different groups is that we have to focus on how we can keep training our workforce and do our best to retain talent with the way our demographics are shifting in Michigan. And the fact that our population growth needle isn't really moving, we have to do what we can to maybe consider getting groups into the job market that aren't previously available due to the pandemic or because of longer term trends. For example, like childcare and transportation, that could get a whole new group into the job participation rate. When it comes to talent retention, training programs are great. We have to have a trained workforce for all of these manufacturing jobs that Michigan will have the opportunity to win. But we cannot lose sight of our university and higher ed educational attainment. These are the people that will innovate and develop and make it so we have a place and an infrastructure for all those trades jobs.
0: We've been talking with Tyler Thiel, who's director of public policy and economic analysis at the Anderson Economic Group. Tyler, along with Christina Benton, wrote the impact of the electric vehicle adaptation on road funding in Michigan. It's easy to read. It's well-written. If you'd like to take more of a look at it, just go to theandersoneconomicgroup.com. Tyler, we appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: We want to thank our listeners. I'm Tony Conley, and this is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.